you have the brothers, and these brothers are they are they are hating Joseph, as we read before, a few chapters before. They're filled with such envy. They hate this brother Joseph because he's the favorite of their father, coat of many colors, and all of that. And they want to get rid of him. They want to kill him. They eventually sell him into slavery and ignoring all of his pleas for help and for mercy, and they just get rid of him, thinking that he will die at their hands. Well, many years later, we all know the story. These brothers come back to Egypt. Joseph is now elevated as practically the second-in-command after Pharaoh, prince of Egypt, and the brothers don't recognize him, and the brothers are coming to him, asking for 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 bread and Judah who was the one way back in in Genesis 37 who proposed getting him sold into slavery in the first place he's the one who comes back in Genesis 44 steps up to the plate and makes his entreaty before is essentially a king. Um, he doesn't know it's Joseph, of course, but there are some things that I thought we could learn from this entreaty. It's not a prayer, but it's kind of like a prayer. But in Genesis chapter 45, we see the response of Judah's entreaty to Joseph. Genesis chapter 45, it says, Then Joseph, after he heard all of this, from Judah, he could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him. And he cried, Cause every man to go out from me. Everyone leave, because he was about to just lose it emotionally. And there stood no man with him, while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. And he wept aloud. And the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard. So this is when, at the end of Judah's bold and selfless entreaty that he made to Joseph, <clears throat> Joseph can't contain himself any longer. He can't conceal himself any longer, and he has to reveal himself. And this is, if I can make the parallel, this is how... I believe we can learn in the place of prayer. We are we're asking the Lord to reveal himself. We are appealing to God. We're asking him to rend the heavens and come down. And this 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 emotion, this reaction from Joseph where he could not refrain himself and he wept aloud and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard it. You know, when we think of human emotion and we think of the Lord, the Lord Jesus himself wept. We know that. When Lazarus had died and the Lord saw Mary and, and all of them around weeping, uh, the Lord wept, even though the Lord knew. But he wept. He enters into our sorrows. He does. But let's read in Genesis chapter 44, 
just this prayer. Well, it's not a prayer, but I, I see it as lessons in prayer of Judah. Remember, Judah is the one who had the idea of getting rid of Joseph into slavery hard as a rock his heart, his heart was. But this same Judah, when faced with a very similar situation now, years later, in verse 18, then Judah came near unto him. Don't fly over those words. They were so afraid of this man, Joseph, the king, the prince, for Judah to step up and basic, because right before, the verse before, Joseph is telling them that they need to just leave now. Please leave. Go away. Go in peace. Go back to your father. Just leave Benjamin with me, and you go back. And Judah steps up, and he says this. He came near unto him. And that, by the way, is an expression that we sometimes use of prayer, coming, drawing near to God. But he came near to, to the prince of Egypt here and said, O oh my Lord, let thy servant, I pray thee, speak a word in my Lord's ears. Let not thine anger burn against thy servant, for thou art even as Pharaoh. My Lord asked his servant, saying, Have ye a father or a brother? And we said unto my Lord, We have a father, an old man, and a child of his old age, a little one, speaking of Benjamin, and his brother is dead, speaking of Joseph. And he alone is left of his mother, and his father loveth him. And thou saidst unto thy servants, Bring him down to me, that I may set mine eyes upon him. And we said unto my Lord, The lad cannot leave his father, for if he should leave his father, his father would die. And thou saidst unto thy servants, Except your youngest brother come down with you, ye shall, not, ye shall see my face no more. And it came to pass, when we came up unto thy servant, my father, we told him the words of my Lord. And our father said, Go again and buy us a little food. And we said, We cannot go down. If our youngest brother be with us, then will we go down. For we may not see this man's face, except our youngest brother be with us. And thy servant my father said unto us, Ye know that my wife bare me two sons. And the one went out from me, and I said, Surely he is torn in pieces, and I saw him not since. And if ye take this also from me, and mischief befall him, ye shall bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to the grave. Now therefore, when I come to thy servant, my father, and the lad be not with us, seeing that his life is bound up in the lad's life, it shall come to pass, when he seeth that the lad is not with us, that he will die. And thy servants shall bring down the gray hairs of thy servant, our father, with sorrow to the grave. For thy servant became surety for the lad. In other words, Judah became surety or the guarantee for this Benjamin unto my father, saying, If I bring him not unto thee, O father, then I shall bear the blame to my father forever. Now therefore I pray thee, let thy servant abide instead of the lad, a bondman to my Lord, and let the lad go up with his brethren. For how shall I go 
up to my father, and the lad be not with me, lest peradventure I see the evil that shall come on my father. And so it is after that entreaty that Joseph couldn't refrain himself, and he revealed himself to them. Just some lessons in the place of prayer, if I could, drawing from this wonderful, beautiful passage. Absolutely beautiful. I mentioned that this is not the same Judah. This is not the same Judah of Genesis uh, chapter 37. This is not the same Judah. This Judah now has a tender heart. This Judah now loves his brother. This Judah now is united. He doesn't hate. He is not envious. He's not dividing. He's not all that. This Judah now is united. So united, in fact, that when when the king, the prince, Joseph, when he to- told them that Benjamin needs to stay here and you go, the first response was, we will all stay. If Benjamin has to stay, we will all stay with him. You can read that in verse 16. We will all stay together. He's a united man with his brothers. He is uh, not in hatred anymore. That's the first thing I notice, and, and how we can learn that in prayer. Friends, I am so convinced, I am so convinced that division is the thing that the devil has used and will use and will continue to use to weaken our praying. Weaken our praying. You know, we call this united prayer, and um, we started that way with, with that in mind, but I just believe more than ever that this is so vital. It's so vital. There is no way that we can be praying together if there is not a sense of unity that we have. Not agreement in every little detail. Not in every little detail. And and over the over the many days that we've been praying together, we have we have met with disagreements here and there. We have. I I've, I've met with it uh, with some of the individuals on this call, and and I've had to seek uh, a reconciliation of sorts and apologies. And you know, it, this world is full of offenses. It's full of offenses. Even though we don't mean to, it's very, very difficult not to be offended. Um, But we have to work hard at this business of uniting our hearts together. It can't just be this um, verbal assent. Yes, we're, we're united, but our hearts are not knit together. With one heart and with one mouth must we be offering our prayer to God. So you see here a lesson to powerful praying is now Judah is quite united with his brothers. There is genuine love here. That's the first thing you're struck with, the love he has for Benjamin. The second thing that you're struck with is that he's coming clean. I mean, this is, a, this is kind of a confession. He is, he is no longer this deceiving, let's just soak his coat in blood and tear it apart and, and say that an animal did this. And There's none of that. He is he is he is honest and he is coming clean before this king and he is telling the truth there's no deception he is not creating inserting or injecting into this kind of a sob story of 
yeah, you know, our brother was torn to pieces by this animal, and, you know, we saw his coat, and he wasn't trying to trying to twist the arm of the king by, by injecting additional um, deceit uh, in order to sort of get his way. No. This is now a very honest Judah. A very honest Judah. In fact, um, a little bit before, you have Jacob wondering to his, uh, to his sons, why did you tell him this? That we have, you know, another brother. And they're like, because... Because he asked, he asked, you know, if we have brothers and if we have a father, and and so you see now uh, Judah and the brothers coming clean. God desires truth in the inward parts, and so I, I believe that this is another lesson for powerful praying: is that we have to have a heart that is willing to come clean, if I can say it that way, before God. The third thing that I'll leave with you here is. The astonishing Christ-likeness that you see here with Judah. You see a man now who is willing to selflessly give himself uh, for the sake of his brother. He is, for thy servant, verse 32, became surety for the lad unto my father. If I bring him not unto thee, then I shall bear the blame to my father forever. Take me instead, Leave the boy. Take me instead. This is the spirit of Christ, is it not? So, after this tremendous tremendous entreaty, you just see the heart of Joseph unable to contain any longer, and he cries out, and he reveals himself, and blessings ensue. I read this and I just thought of, of prayer, really, and the fact that we need to be united. We need to have love for the brethren. If we don't have that, that's the, to me that's the starting line. We're not even at the starting line without that. We need to pray for that. It's not something we can manufacture. We all know that. We either have it or we don't. We need to pray that God will give it to us. We need to pray for a coming clean before God. Truth in the inward parts. No deception in our hearts. Being able to admit our sin. Our sin. And uh, not just blaming others. And the third thing is Christ himself loves to see the image of himself in us. So let's go to prayer. Let's ask the Lord to give us these powerful marks of powerful praying.